0: Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that we can have hope in you and the assurance of salvation and knowing that you love us. We thank you, God, that you have a plan for our lives and that you care about everything that we're going through, everything that we care about. So whether we have a pet that's sick or a trip we're about to take or a loved one that's reached a devastating diagnosis, we just say, Jesus, thank you for your presence and being with us. We do thank you for the good result we just heard from the doctors regarding my sister-in-law, Jen, we thank you how the cancer is shrinking due to the chemotherapy and due to your good hand. So, Father, we just thank you and we just praise you when we just have so much to be grateful for. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you that we can lift up your name and declare and proclaim that we are followers of you that you are our savior, you are the one that we choose to subject ourselves to, that we submit to your rule, your authority, because you are good, you have the best for us, so may we walk in obedience. Let us boldly enter with great courage to follow you. We love you, Jesus, and thank you for our friends, and it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. As we continue, uh, this is a unique uh, service as we look at this passage of Scripture, this passage of Scripture that sometimes you want to skip by, but there's so much misinterpretation of it, I just want to make the time to uh, hopefully do it justice and uh, bring awareness and some uh, insight to you that you would even study and look at it more. So let's look from uh, last week. This is from Colossians 3, 14 where Paul is writing to the church of Colossae from prison to this congregation that he has never met personally. And he says, above all, clothe yourselves with Love, which binds us all together in perfect unity. Clothe yourselves with love. What do we believe? Well, this is what we believe. Clothe yourselves with love in perfect unity. We want to be bound together. In verse 15, it says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. What a great word for this week as we celebrate Thanksgiving on Thursday. Always be thankful thankful. For those that see me reaching, what am I doing? Well, I'm actually putting up slides uh, or banners at the YouTube channel, on Facebook, the Facebook page at Hope for Vermont, and on Twitter at uh, Hope for Vermont as well. So that's my constant reaching. Uh, So what do we believe? Well, this is what we believe. This is why we can always be thankful. This is the Apostles' Creed, which says these words. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe and the Holy Spirit, the church universal, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. This is the joy, the hope, the assurance that we have as followers of Jesus. This is what we believe. So as we look at scripture, we can understand that the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. And as we look at uh, Colossians 3.16, we find, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Colossians 3.16. This is last week we talked about. We concluded the sermon last week, but it plays into this week. You have to read the Bible with great context and understand the content so you don't just take a verse out of context. As we mentioned, teach and counsel each other. With all wisdom He gives, and this is what we need as we look towards today. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom He gives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom He gives. I'm repeating on purpose that as we look towards these scriptures. We understand that we are teaching and giving counsel to one another with all the wisdom He gives that He has. For us, and so we look at verse 17 and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Whatever you do or say, give thanks to Him through God the father and so here it is let's say amen let's say god whatever you want to say to us uh, whatever you're going to speak in us uh, you desire the obedience that we come back to you this is where we go from here this is a verse that has been taken out of context this is a verse that people do not preach on do not speak on because we don't understand it and this is colossians three eighteen. wives submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord submit what does that mean submit as is fitting to the Lord submit why do I need to submit what well, submit it means to put in subjection to subject yourselves to subordinate to submit to be subject to that you choose because you love that you believe that God has something for you that you will change it to whatever God has for you and as the marriage structure as that um, the roles that God has for us. He would say that the husband has a specific role and so does the wife. We get so concerned with this word submission that we under, we forget the understanding of what God is saying. We draw conclusions. We try to imply what we think when Verse 19 says, husbands love your wives and never treat them harshly. So husbands love, wives submit. What's the issue? Well, it's because people use the word submission to manipulate. They want to control. In the, um, the study, the way of the dragon or the way of the lamb, we're talking about control, talk about power. What is it that we want? Why are we selfish? And when a man, a person or reads this verse, when somebody believes that they could take out a context and they can have greater power, power, then they try to rule and they manipulate and they Put people in positions where they are uh, not seen as valuable, but they're seen as the I-it, not the I-thou. If that is new to you, go uh, look at the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship study that we just concluded, the I-it versus the I-thou. We must see people as people, as creations of God, as having specific roles, specific places that God wants them to uh, excel at. And I've heard people take this verse, husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. But they forget that. They just look at wives, submit to your husbands. We've spoken and counseled with people that the husband did not believe it was rape to take advantage of his wife. He just thought it was the wife's duty. And it led to great conversation on no, that is sin, that is manipulating, that is taking scripture out as context. That is not what God intended ever, not what God intended. We look now at Ephesians, Ephesians 5:16. It says, Be very careful then how you live. And Do not be unwise, but be wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil, making the most of every opportunity, making the most of every opportunity. What opportunity does God want us to fulfill? Well, God wants us to fulfill the same opportunity that he presented his own son, Jesus. To do the will of the Father, which was to seek and save the lost. How do we do that best? How do we do that most accurately? How can we, as people, not as deity, live out this opportunity? By making disciples, by challenging people, by teaching them with great counsel, according to God's wisdom, his truth from his word. This is what we must make disciples, that we teach and give accountability in Ephesians. It has these words for us. Excuse me if I can't quite read from the screen, so I'm going to be looking off to the side. Ephesians 5, 21 through 24. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also, wives, should submit to their husbands and everything husbands love your wives just as just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word making holy by sacrificing yourself jesus laid down his life it's not so you can get what you want so you can manipulate the situation so you can provoke someone to anger but So you can love and cleanse and wash through the word of God, present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless, holy and blameless. We go on to read through verse 30 of Ephesians 5. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He ought to love his wife as he loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed, uh, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body, for we are all followers of Jesus. We are part of the family of God. This is the scripture that we look at. This is what God is telling us to do. This is where it says, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Husbands, are you sacrificing what you want for the sake of building up your wife? Are you sacrificing what you desire, what you want first for the goodness, the wholeness, the wise counsel, the teaching of scripture, the making of disciples? for your wife, for your family. Why well, submit? Yes, that's what scripture says in accordance to what scripture says. It's not, if it goes against scripture, you still need to submit. You still need to do. You still need to obey. No, it's according to scripture. We build one another up. We conform to what God says to us, what the Holy Spirit says inside of us that we make changes in allowance for God. Whatever you desire, and this is why we look at scripture as whole, not just out of context, where it goes on to say, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. It's through scripture that husbands have the right, have the uh, responsibility, is a better word, have the responsibility to nurture and disciple their spouse. That's what scripture is saying, that to be consistent in that way. We go on to Colossians three twenty one and it says, "Fathers, uh, children always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord." Verse twenty one, fathers do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. This is from the. New Living Translation, other translations would say fathers do not aggravate, do not come down too hard, do not embitter, do not provoke, do not exasperate your children or they will become discouraged as we're trying to disciple, as we're trying to raise or yes rear our children as we're trying to be good examples we need to do so in a way that god is seen that god's love is revealed and that we are consistently living out that truth in first peter we have an interesting passage of scripture it says wives husbands this is your responsibility children Fathers, this is your responsibility. In 1 Peter 5 3, we find these words, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager, but eager to serve, eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, eager to serve them. Eager to put your desires uh, on the back burner, to say that I want to sacrifice what I desire so that my desire can be that Jesus would use me to give life, to speak words of life where people are discipled and growing in their faith, not lording it over those entrusted to you. Let us learn that we can be examples to the flock, be examples to them. I like how uh, the New Living Translation reads, and then in the uh, message it says, Servants. It says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters, and everything you do, try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. If you go to Wesleyan.org, you look up anti-slavery root. Wesleyan.org, anti-slavery route. The Wesleyan denomination broke away from another denomination because of slavery. That was one of the top reasons the Wesleyan denomination came about. So yes, there are too many denominations. Yes, so many of us can't get along. Yes, there are distinctives that are important. And one of those is the Wesleyan denomination broke away from another denomination because we said we are anti-slavery. And so reading this in context, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when uh, they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Playing basketball, there are certain drills and one of those is when you run up and down the court and you have to touch the lines. And So many times you would see individuals that wouldn't touch the line. They would cheat the drill or they would cheat themselves and inevitably cheating the team because the coach was not watching. Well, it says to the employee or to the servant leader, are you doing your best? Are you performing at your highest level? Where are you taking downtime? Where it is under deserved i know you can't go a hundred percent a hundred percent of the time but you can make sure that you are living a life filled with character filled with integrity do it Not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord, we do it not just to please our coach, but we do it to be honest with ourselves. There's character, there's integrity, there's honesty that you're going to do what you are supposed to do, what you are hired to do, what you are called to do, what you have an agreement to accomplish, your responsibility, that expectation that is something that you agreed on that you are going to do it have that character be that person you are when no one is looking when somebody is looking be the same person when no one is looking when all eyes are on you be that same person be honest with yourself have character and integrity before god before Jesus, servants live in this way. We go on to verse 23. And whatever you do or say, do it as representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him for, uh, through Him to God the Father. This is verse 17. So verse 17 goes to verse 23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Work as you work for the Lord, not for people. You might not like your boss. You might have a bad supervisor. Your manager might be extremely inept, but work as you're working for God, not for humans. I like the New International Version where I memorized it way back when. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters. We work as we work for God, not for humans. This isn't so we get saved. This is not by your works. You become a Christian because we've memorized for it is by grace, his grace through faith so that we can't boast it's his gift to us. But out of our salvation, out of our desire to show Jesus to others, we work with all of our heart as working for the Lord, not for humans. This is what we desire. Colossians 3 from the message. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, and don't just do it the minimum that will get you by. Do your best, work from the heart for your real master, for God, confident that you'll Get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. Jesus is the ultimate master Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. The master that you are serving is Christ. It is not your employer. It is not your boss. It's not your supervisor. It is Jesus. So we want to tell people to let people see that we work for God. We do our best because He has given us the ability. We learn so we can have that capacity to learn, to understand, to gain in competency because we work for our master serving jesus and that our earthly boss that humans will see that we are sold out for him and then we conclude verse 25 of colossians 3 but if you do what is wrong you will be paid back for the wrong you have done for god has no favorites so happy thanksgiving Now we go to what, Debbie Downer, for if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. This is a natural consequence to how you live, to how your job performance is. So if you get called into the office, if you get reprimanded or scolded because you are not keeping up your end of the bargain, your expectations, your responsibilities are not being fulfilled, your job description is not being accomplished, there will be A consequence, you will get paid back for the wrong you have done because God has no favorites. God has no favorites. Wives, submit to your husbands, but God has no favorites. Husbands, love your wives because God has no favorites. Children, obey your parents. God has no favorites. And fathers, do not exasperate your children to anger. Do not discourage them. God has no favorites. He wants us to be in this together to teach and counsel one another as He shows us, as He reveals to us, as we receive His wisdom. God has no favorites. Whether you are a servant, whether you are a day worker, whatever we think, Whatever we desire, we must understand God has no favorites. Colossians 3.16, teaching counsel each other with all wisdom. The wisdom he gives, teaching counsel with his wisdom. that way we can be thankful. We can be truly thankful whether you're working on Thanksgiving, whether you have it off, whether you're with family or whether you're alone, whether you are depressed, discouraged, or disappointed. We can be thankful that God is with us, that his presence is for us, so that we can live out his truth to one another, that others might know that Jesus loves us. And in his love, we have peace. In his love, we have hope. We have joy because his counsel, his spirit, his goodness, his truth, the fruit of the spirit that he has for us can remain in us and be displayed through us like the curtain being pulled back on a stage that all would know that God is good that he loves us, he is for us so that we can be good to one another and before each other Jesus we thank you that we can be thankful and filled with gratitude because your presence is in us And it is with us. It is for us to be shared. So God, you are good. We are yours. We follow you. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services, as well as other content. Have a great day.